Our readings the last few weeks and this week and even next week are all from Matthew chapters 5 to 7, which is better known as the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus goes up the Mount of Beatitudes, it's overlooking the Sea of Galilee, and he teaches his apostles and his disciples. He gives them rules for living, you could say. He teaches them ways to live. The Beatitudes are probably the most prominent part of that Sermon on the Mount. But the whole scene sort of reminds us of another person in Scripture who went up a mountain to teach the people of Israel. And namely, that would be Moses. These chapters, Jesus is establishing himself as the new Moses, as the new lawgiver. Again, he's referring to the law so many times in our gospel and again in the readings before and after this. He is establishing himself as the new Moses. And yet anyone listening to him could have objected and said, Jesus, are you getting rid of what Moses gave us? Are you saying that is no longer valid and we are to follow you completely instead of Moses? That is not the case. In our gospel today, we see Jesus building on the foundation of what Moses had given to the people, namely the Ten Commandments. He adds layers to it. He gives it nuance. He is able to express the law's highest meaning. His teachings and his beatitudes presuppose following the law of Moses. It's understood that you ought to be following Moses if you're going to be following Jesus. After all, you can't be poor in spirit if you continuously struggle keeping the commandment, thou shall not kill. You just can't do that. You can't be poor in spirit and be a raging axe murderer at the same time. It's just impossible. So we hear Jesus saying, do not think I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Yes, Jesus gives us something new in this gospel today, a new law, a new way of living, but he also reaffirms everything that had been handed down before him, everything that was already there. And we live in this same reality in our own day, brothers and sisters in the church, through something called sacred tradition capital T, tradition. Sacred tradition is the collection of the universal truths given by Christ to his apostles, passed down through their successors and their successors down to our own day in our bishops in an unbroken line through the laying on of hands. What that means is, you know, as a priest, when I was ordained, Archbishop Carlson laid hands on my head. And when Archbishop Carlson was ordained, someone laid hands on him and on him and on him all the way back to Christ himself. An unbroken line guided by the Holy Spirit, preserving what Christ had taught to his apostles, passed down to us today. Sacred tradition along with scripture are the two ways that God reveals himself to us. They're the two sources of God's revelation. Sacred tradition is what separates us from our Protestant brothers and sisters. Most of them would say only Scripture is how God reveals himself to us. Sola Scriptura, as it's often called. But we believe that God also speaks not just through Scripture, but through sacred 
tradition. And sacred tradition, brothers and sisters, is sort of like a tree. And branching out from that trunk, into, from bigger branches down to the smallest little branches, maybe even to little, to little buds and flowers at the end. Each of those branches, even the smallest one, connects to a larger one, and a larger one back to the trunk, back to the roots of that tree. We know that Christ is that trunk, that root. Everything that the church teaches, everything that we have been given, even if it's a very small branch, has its roots in something bigger and bigger until it gets to Christ himself. What Christ gave to his apostles was called to be handed on to their successors and their successors and their successors and so on up until today. And we see where even the, again, the smallest branch might connect, the link, how it maintains that unity with the trunk, unity with Christ. And this tree of sacred tradition grows organically. There's nothing added to it. There's nothing grafted on that's foreign to that tree. There's no mutations within the tree itself. All of it grows naturally, stemming from that trunk outward. Again, this is how the church and sacred tradition operates. What is taught has its roots in what Christ gave. And even the small things presuppose larger things and larger things and larger things down to Christ himself. So we see how Christ's words in the gospel today show us the way. I have come not to abolish but to fulfill not the smallest letter nor the smallest part of the letter of the law will pass away. Everything that Christ said and even everything that Moses said before Christ remains in full force. But what stems from it through the centuries still maintains continuity with what has been given to us in the past, all through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And continuity with Christ is the key to sacred tradition. Christ didn't demolish the tree that Moses had already planted, you could say. He worked in perfect continuity with it. All ten of those commandments remained in full force, and Christ built from them on his Sermon on the Mount, not abolishing those ten commandments, but fulfilling them. You know, so often today, people want the church to change various teachings, to toss out things of the past in favor of things that are new, but that would go against sacred tradition, brothers and sisters. You can't just sever a branch of that tree and expect the tree to still be the same. No, there was something good in that branch that is now gone. Again, you can't just also add something else to that tree that's foreign to it because that addition didn't come from the tree itself. It didn't come from Christ. And so the church always works in continuity with the past, continuity with the words of Christ rather than rupture. What we do, what we have been taught must connect to what we have already been given in an unbroken line going back to Christ. If there is rupture in that tree, there's a very big problem. Again, the church always works in continuity. And we even got a real example of this this past week. It was a very heartening example of 
our Holy Father reaffirming the male celibate priesthood, not abolishing the law and what we have been given, but fulfilling it. Because to change that would have been an act of rupture, trying to create a new branch outside of that tree. So we see even in our own day, tradition is very real. It's very real. We cannot discard it. We cannot diminish it. Just as Christ did not diminish or discard what Moses had given to him. We must live in continuity just as Christ did. So may we give thanks that we have been given an immense heritage of teaching from Christ, handed down through the apostles to our leaders today. I pray that we may continue to uphold what we have been given. And may we always remain in the truth of Christ, who came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it.